Hey, Michael. Hey, Bob. Just want to let you know the recording started as soon as I started the webinar. Okay. <laughs> I can't, I, I don't know how to control that piece. That's okay. I heard that right when I first joined. I thought I would give people a few minutes before it starts to get set up and. Sure. So make sure you can see my screen okay there. Yes. Okay. I can pull it down if you want me to for right now. Um, okay. <laughs> I have a short intro and then I'll just turn it over to you. Is Morgan going to be here tonight? He will be, yes. Is he yes. presenting some, some of the slides? Uh, be available probably for questions. Yeah. Sounds good. Shree's going to be a little late. I don't know that anybody from the departments will be here. I said if we had questions, I would relay them. Okay, we're good. Do you expect very many people to join tonight? No. <laughs> I would be surprised. I haven't heard any um, comments. Yeah. There was one person who asked for a reference, uh, the, um, the earlier memos. Yeah. Well, it's not the most exciting topic in the world. Important, but not the most exciting. So, right. As Tracy would say, you know, it's like a dog whistle. It's a whistle that only accountants can hear or finance people can hear. <laughs> That's right. Right. That's funny. That's funny. I don't know if you had, probably didn't have a chance to look at the ordinance yet, but you, you have it in your box anyway. It's in my box, and I've given it to our um, paralegal in the city attorney's office, and she made it Kirkland look like, and so that I, I can edit it. Sure. And then I'm going to throw together a, a short memo um, saying what we're going to talk to them about. But I do I do want the council to see the ordinance, the draft ordinance. Sure. Uh, on, so, yeah. Stacy or your legal counsel may have some edits to it, I'm sure. You have a council meeting this week too, or is it just just tonight for the public brief? Well, it's Thursday, so you wouldn't have a council meeting. There was a council meeting on Thursday, a Tuesday. It went to about ten thirty, I think. Okay. Do you meet every week now, or Two, every... first and third Tuesdays of the month? Okay. Yeah, ten thirty. Those are. It's kind of late. Earlier than many previous ones. <laughs> yeah, anytime they go over three or four hours, it gets a little long meetings. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, people are just lining up here. <laughs> See that? <laughs> oh, there's four participants. Oh, I, yeah. to... I say there are two. You might have to let two in then, maybe. Two panelists. I see. Um, I, I believe. I mean, the format. It will, our deputy deputy mayor has joined, and uh, somebody else. But there, there's no speaking role at the beginning. So, if anybody wants to speak at the end, um, they can raise their hand, and I will um, permit them to to speak and add comments. So, um, it's just listening at the beginning. So they can hear us. Okay. <laughs> so silence would not be viewed as people not paying attention then. <laughs> Lack of interest. And I, of course, I'm going to ask IT if they can edit the first few minutes of us chatting, but we'll see. And maybe here for posterity. I'll give it a couple minutes and then um, do the intro and then turn it over to you. Evening, Michael and Bob. Morgan. We have a few attendees uh, starting to join us. I thought I'll wait another minute to give people a chance to, to log on, and then <clears throat> I will give an introduction and turn it over to, to you, Morgan and, uh, and Bob. All right, <clears throat> well, I will think I will begin um, as people have joined. Welcome to the first of two public briefings on the proposed tax increment financing in Kirkland. Uh, uh, tax increment financing or TIF is designed to fund infrastructure improvements for the Northeast 85th Street Station area. You may be aware that the Washington State Department of Transportation or WASDOT is redesigning and will be replacing the I-405 Northeast 85th Street interchange to include an inline bus rapid transit station. This is a catalyst to the redevelopment and growth of this area. Available for reference on the city's website are the June 28, 2022 Kirkland City Council adoption of the plan for the Northeast 85th Street station area, the adoption of the plan, and phase one legislative amendments paves the way for a walkable, equitable, 
Sustainable and Complete Transit-Oriented Neighborhood. Also available for reference is the Council Briefing on Tax Increment Financing at the study session on August 3rd, 2022. And the Project Analysis Report can be found on the City's website with a public briefings announcement. This is the first of two required public briefings. The next is briefing is scheduled for April 26th at 10 a.m. Our presenters are Bob Stowe from Stowe Development and Strategies and Morgan Shook from Econ Northwest. They will present information on the tax increment financing details. And following the presentation, the public can provide comments or ask questions. Turning it over to you, Bob. Thank you, Michael. I'm going to share my screen and walk through our meeting today. Again, my name is Bob Stowe, Stowe Development Strategies. I'm here tonight with um, uh, with Morgan Shook of Eco Northwest, and Morgan and I have done several project analysis for um, several cities uh, regarding tax increment financing, and have worked together um, over the years on on various um, sort of tax increment financing light programs that the that the state has offered. And so we're happy to be here this evening to review with you the project analysis that we completed for the city of Kirkland. So our agenda tonight is one, just to give you a brief sort of TIF uh, background and process, uh, spend a little bit of time on a tax increment financing overview. And the bulk of our time this evening is gonna be spent on reviewing with you the tax increment financing project analysis summary that we completed for the city of Kirkland. Um, and you can see all the different topic areas that that includes, the infrastructure needs, the actual boundary associated with the tax increment area, the levy, the city's debt capacity, private development scenarios, and the, and the, the revenue that would result from those um, private development caused by the infrastructure investments, the jobs, um, the AV growth with and without TIF. Uh, I apologize for the misspelling of my agenda. Um, level debt service, interim financing scenarios, and then um, bottom line, and then finish with next steps. In total, it's really going to be a pretty brief presentation, maybe 15 minutes, and then um, we'll, we'll be able to answer any questions that anyone online um, has tonight. And so in terms of a TIF background and process, um, in 2021, uh, the Washington State Legislature passed um, uh, Bill 1189 that authorizes tax increment financing um, in Washington State. That's now been codified as uh, Chapter 39114 of the Revised Code of Washington. Also, um, that year, later in the next year, in June of 2022, the Kirkland City Council adopted uh, the stationary plan, which much of the infrastructure investment um, and development um, had been identified in that plan. Um, later uh, that year, in August, the Kirkland City Council had a discussion about the potential tax increment area, the public improvements, um, and the potential TIF revenues, and then authorized preparation of a formal tax increment financing project analysis that we're going to be discussing this evening. Um, following that, we had some early outreach with the King County Assessor and Treasurer's Office about the proposed um, legislation, uh, about sort of the mechanics of how um, uh, um, assess valuation and, the, and the, the, the tax receipts will then be distributed back to the city. Um, we submitted our project analysis um, last month to the Office of the State Treasurer. Um, the Office of the State Treasurer is required to review all the project analyses and provide comments back to the legislative body that's forming the TIA before any action 
uh, or an ordinance um, is is adopted forming um, such a boundary. And then tonight and then next week we have a proposed um, we have briefings on the proposed TIA. So this is a basic model for tax increment financing. Um, it's very similar. The box onto onto the right um, exists in Washington State. Exists in in many, if not all, the states in in the country. The different in Washington State's tax increment financing law is that it was really meant to be um, impact neutral to the other taxing districts that are going to be participating and directing the tax dollars um, that normally they may have received um, had there been no development. Now that there will be development in the area that's caused by the infrastructure investment, those taxes would be coming to the city to pay for its debt service. And so it's the incremental taxes that we're focused on as the existing uh, uh, taxing districts will continue to receive the same amount of revenue they received previously. In terms of a, an overview, uh, tax increment financing is available to cities, counties, and ports. Those are the only three entities that can form a tax increment area. It's really a powerful economic development tool. It's designed for a site-specific and not build infrastructure and hope that that development will come because as the city would likely be issuing a, a limited tax general obligation debt, um, they'll be responsible for that debt regardless of if the development occurs as expected or no development occurs at all. Uh, all tax increment financing programs have a, have a foundational element um, or but-for requirement meaning that but for the public investment, the de private development would not occur. And so we've looked at that um, um, that but for analysis and have applied a but for analysis uh, to the Kirkland development um, and can tell you that if not for the infrastructure investments that the city is identified, that private development would not occur in the magnitude that's presented in the project analysis anyway. Results, of course, um, the private development would result in new assessed values, some public benefits, um, construction of the desired development, and then some long and short-term jobs. And then taxes from that development uh, fund the infrastructure that's needed by the development and no impact on individual property owners. And of course, none of this is it's not a new tax, although it's called tax increment financing. Um, it's simply applying the existing property tax levy that would occur um, within the tax increment area and distributing it back to the city the levy amount, distributing it back to the city to pay for infrastructure investments. Some key elements um, is that when you form a tax increment area, a city, county, or port, in this case, a city would adopt an ordinance designating a specific area. They would need to identify the public improvements to be financed and then whether or not bonds would be issued for those improvements. There are some limitations, however, on, on tax increment areas in Washington state. You cannot have any more than two tax increment areas um, per sponsoring jurisdiction, and they may not overlap. Um, the increment areas also may not total more than $200 million um, in, assessed value, in assessed valuation at the time that the ordinance is adopted, or uh, more than 20% of the total valuation of the sponsoring jurisdiction, whichever is less. You cannot add any additional public improvements or change the boundary after the ordinance has been passed or adopted. Also must include a deadline as to when construction of the public work, public improvements will begin. And that's generally within five years unless cause can be shown that additional time is necessary to construct the improvements. The local government may only receive um, the tip, tip revenues for the period of time it's necessary to pay the cost of the improvements. And it can only receive the, the amount um, within the tax increment area that are sufficient to pay the improvements. They can't receive anything more 
um, beyond what the cost of the improvement. So in, in a case where the tax increment area may be capable of generating $50 million over a 25-year period, if the infrastructure investments that the city has identified are only costing $10 million, they'll only be able to take $10 million from the tax increment area. The 40 remaining million dollars would be distributed back to the other taxing districts. Now, the local government finances the public improvements. The, the increment area must be retired uh, no more than 25 years um, after the adoption of the ordinance that designates the area. Um, so if the term limit on the bonds is 20 years and those bonds are paid for at the 20 years, the, the tax increment area would retire at, 10, at 20 years. These are the infrastructure needs that has been that have been identified by the city that is um, needed in order to stimulate uh, the type of development that the project analysis um, has, has uncovered and has projected. It includes the Northeast 85th Street and I-405 sewer main capacity. Um, this is a project to support the, the future build-out capacity in the station area. A new sewer main alignment is needed to cross um, I-405 along the Northeast 90th uh, Street and to improve the existing sewer line on Northeast 87th Street. Also includes Forbes Lakes development. Um, Forbes Lakes Park is proposed to have um, additional park amenities serving the growing population of the service area, such as a boardwalk, open space, some stormwater retention and treatment. This uh, park hasn't been master planned yet and may also include some property acquisition. And then finally, the 124th um, Avenue Northeast Roadway widening um, from Northeast 84th uh, Lane to Northeast 90th Street. So in order to support the full development of the Northeast um, 85th uh, Street Station area, 124th Avenue will need to be widened uh, to five lanes and provide for uh, raised, uh, which would be separated from the street, um, uh, protected uh, bike lanes and improved sidewalks from Northeast 85th Street through the Northeast 90th Street intersection. And as development is planned and ready to move forward based on market conditions, the city may add or they may modify the specific infrastructure investments and their timing um, that will be necessary to encourage the private development in order to accomplish the station area's um, planned vision. But in total, these improvements are identified at $58 million. This is the tax increment area um, that would be formed um, if the city council were to adopt an ordinance forming such a TIA. It represents 52 and a half acres and has an assessed valuation of $132 million. These are the, the various uh, taxing districts uh, by their levy code by in the rate. Um, you can see that on the 20, 2023 taxes, based on the 2022 levy, a uh, total levy of $8.70 per $1,000. Um, but once you exclude the state property tax, and the other exempt levies that uh, would not uh, by law participate in the tax increment financing program, the levy that would be applied in the tax increment area is $2.92 per 1,000 of assessed valuation. This is the city's uh, debt capacity. Um, and the thing that's important to take away is that even after the $58 million, if the city were to issue debt on that full $58 million, they'd still have um, nearly $435 million in non-voted debt capacity um, after that issuance. So we looked at uh, three different scenarios um, for the development and these scenarios have been developed to help 
assess uh, potential risk based on different levels of development within the tax increment area. Understanding and accepting a certain level of risk is important as the city will, again, will be obligated for the repayment of any bond debt that is issued for the infrastructure, regardless of whether or not the project development occurs based on how we projected it might occur or if it, whether it materializes at all. And so we've looked at a what we're called a baseline scenario that represents the full development and, and most likely the most aggressive type of development to occur within the tax increment area. Next, we had what we were calling a reduced development program, which includes the core development, um, but below, but one half of the development potential of the baseline development, excluding the Costco site. And the core development includes only the development of the four most likely development parcels. This is a map of, of describing and showing the baseline. This is the reduced program. Again, one half of, of development potential that's within the, oh, apologize, within the core excluding the Costco site. And then we have the core development, which just includes these key parcels. Um, down below is just simply a graph that uh, reflects uh, the various square feet associated of development, whether it's office, retail, or multifamily within, e within each of the baseline, reduce, and core. And all of this information is, is described in more detail in the uh, project analysis, which is uh, contained in the city's website. This is the construction value associated with that private investment that would, would occur within both the within the baseline, the reduced, and the core. So within the baseline, which is the most aggressive, um, we're forecasting $2.7 billion um, of construction value in 2022 dollars. Um, that's reduced um, in the core scenario to $1.6 billion. And then finally, under the, under the core, uh, the most conservative of the three, um, we're projecting $1.2 billion of construction value um, over a 25-year period. These are the potential TIP revenues that um, would be received uh, by the, the city. Um, these revenues reflect the total amount of, of infrastructure support or public improvements that could be supported and paid for under each of these three scenarios. If we look first at the discount rate of 4.5%, uh, trying to mirror um, the discount rate or the interest rate associated with any debt, um, the baseline uh, would be able to support over $73 million worth of uh, public improvement over a 25-year period, reduce $54 million, and then core $48 million. And those amounts uh, reduce uh, down um, as you increase the discount rate or the interest rate at 5% and at 5.5%. There's also uh, additional taxes that the city would receive um, from the, as a result from the development, in addition to the incremental property taxes. Sales taxes, uh, largely from the uh, sales tax on the uh, sales tax on the construction, so one-time um, utility taxes, business licenses, and state shared. So under the reduced scenario, that that totals sixty-eight million dollars, and under the core scenario, that totals fifty-seven million dollars again over a twenty-five-year period. These are the number of jobs um, one time under the core between 4450, 4450 to um, 9550 jobs, one time construction jobs um, under the baseline. And a note there that all those jobs are, are tied to when the building occurs and they're cumulative also of the entire build period. We looked at the ongoing jobs um, at, the, at the core level. 
Uh, we're estimating 4,480 jobs um, under the reduced level, 5,200 jobs, and under the baseline, the most aggressive, 96, uh, 9,690 jobs. And those are ongoing jobs of, that would occupy commercial buildings identified in, in the analysis. We looked at the AV growth um, with and without the tax increment financing support. And so under the reduced, you can see under five-year increments um, in 2028, 1.1 billion, and then uh, moves up to 3.6 uh, billion by year 2048, and no TIF, um, significantly less, and this is based on the 85th Street um, stationary plan EIS process, starting at 159 million, um, and then uh, growing to 1.1 um, billion in 2048. So significant more growth in the AV uh, projected under the reduced program or TIP program than without any TIP. This is a slide that simply shows the $58 million split into two um, issuances, um, trying to track uh, development timing as well as um, being cautious or be, being cautionary in regards to the, the market um, in terms of when development is ready. So 18 million may be issued in 2025, at least based on the project analysis, and then 40 million um, could be issued in 2028, both at a 4.5% interest rate. To the first issuance is $1.3 million annual uh, level debt service. And then of course it jumps up um, in level two um, of just over 3 million for combined um, uh, debt of $4.4 million annually. This is, um, there's a number of different scenarios that are identified in the project analysis that show um, the, the deficits that are the surplus that, that would exist um, between the TIP revenues that are coming in on an annual basis versus the debt service that must be paid. And this shows a split debt alternative, 18 million in 2025, 40 million in 2027. And you can see uh, for all the areas in the red shows uh, when, you, when you add those up, that's five years of deficits of about 4.6 million. And most uh, TIP projects will have some interim financing that is necessary, especially in the early years while the development is becoming stabilized and being built. And so the city would need to find some interim financing um, to pay for that debt service and then pay itself back with future TIP revenues. And so again, the takeaway is that $4.6 million, at least under this scenario, uh, the city would have to find some interim financing um, to pay for the debt service and then pay itself back when in the future with TIP revenues are, are stronger. There, there's again many other scenarios that are that are run in the project analysis from um, uh, having interest only on the first several years to really trying to mirror the the revenue capability year after year and and then having a corresponding uh, debt service payment. Um, and so in the project analysis, we've been able to drop the number of years of deficits and that the total down quite significantly if the city were to to choose to do so. Um, all of that, of course, um, if you pay less principal and interest um, on the debt, you're, you're incurring more total cost, but it's, it's another alternative for the city to utilize um, to try to manage its resources. And so bottom line, um, from the project analysis that we conducted, the envisioned stationary development um, would not be viable without the city's public improvements. Uh, we think there's a strong nexus between the proposed development and the proposed infrastructure. 
Um, there are sufficient resources available to pay for the infrastructure uh, debt service with projected TIF revenues, assuming um, you know, development occurs um, on the reduced or greater under the baseline scenario, um, and also provided that there's some interim financing that would be done by the city. There are no negative impacts to affordable housing, to the local business community, the local school district, and there are no local fire districts um, as fire is provided um, via a department by the city. And the stationary development provide for significant jobs and investment into the local and regional economy. And I'll finish up with just the next steps. Um, we have a second public hearing, um, just like the one we're doing this evening on April 26, um, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. There will be a council meeting, which will be an update and discussion on the proposed tax increment area ordinance on May 2nd of this year. And then on May 16th, um, the council is scheduled to have a discussion and, and potential adoption of a tax increment ordinance. And that concludes uh, my presentation, Michael, and um, both Morgan and I are, are happy to address questions that you or others might have. Uh, thank you, Bob, for that presentation. This is the opportunity for the attendees to uh, provide comment or to ask questions. And if you would just raise your hands, uh, participants, I can uh, allow you to speak and, uh, and present your comments or questions. At this time, we have no raised hands, so we can we can wait. Here we go. I'm gonna, uh, Bruce is the first one. Thank you. I appreciate the presentation. Uh, uh, kudos for creative financing. Um, I'm, I'm wondering one thing about the three projects that were selected. Um, I'm an owner and resident in North Rose Hill at 100th. And the city did some major construction on 85th a few years ago, did not add capacity, and it shows this is already a jammed area. And this is a great idea to have all this development, especially considering how much money is being dumped into that interchange by the state. But I'm really concerned, I think, as are a lot of residents about whether transit, cars, or anyone will be able to drive on 85th with all of this added development, considering how bad it is now. The plan is proposing five laning, a small segment of 85th there at the Honda dealership. Um, I don't know how you're gonna put that in there because the Honda dealership has been butchered repeatedly over the years because of expansion at that intersection. But is there a reason why that was chosen over improvements to 85th? I believe there are some improvements to 85th, and I apologize, Bruce, that I don't have um, our transportation manager here, but I can have him get back to you if you give me your contact information and be able to provide you the reasons for that selection and what's actually happening on 85th. Okay, thank you. And uh, two quick questions I have regarding the financing. Um, we have a strong chance of a recession coming later this year. And we have seen bond rates, T-bills, federal funding that you're going to be using. The rates are way up, much more than 4.5%. How does that impact the timeline if we're looking at issuing in 2025? Um, would these numbers significantly change if rates remain high? And we see a recession that could deter development? Um, 
the, the potential to create the tax increment area is for 2023. So revenue wouldn't start coming into 2024. We pushed out the debt financing a couple of years to 2025 or later just to have a picture of what the revenue looks like before we would issue debt. And anytime the city of Kirkland issues debt, there is a required analysis uh, uh, to be presented to the city council and a complete review of the ability to, to pay it with available funds. So um, it's hard to say where rates will be in 2025. I will mention that Kirkland is a triple A rated um, uh, city and our debt is very um, preferable to those who, who purchase the debt, but we'd have to have a complete review before it would be issued. And that would be looked at closely. I would just add, I think, you know, tax exempt debt um, seems to be right within the four and a half to five and a half percent that we've modeled. Um, of course, we, we don't know what might happen in, in one or two years, but it gives an opportunity for the city to, to evaluate the, the marketplace and development readiness, as well as the financing debt interest rate in terms of what you go forward with and how much you go forward with at any one time. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, uh, Bruce, if you would just either send me uh, my my email address is molson at kirklandwa.gov or um, let me know with your contact information. I can get uh, some information to you on the 85th and the, the, the traffic analysis that was done. Anybody else uh, would like to add a comment or have a question? If there are no other questions or comments, um, I believe that uh, is the end of this uh, briefing. And um, let everybody know again, the next public briefing is next Wednesday, I believe, at 10 a.m. And it's also virtual and uh, always um, available to send comments or questions directly to me. And I, I will get the information for you. Thank you for attending, everybody. Thanks. Thank you, Bob and Morgan. Everybody have a good evening. You too.